Scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning with verse 36, and our Lord is addressing his church. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. When I was a very young pastor, I was visiting a delinquent member who hadn't been to church for months, and I'd sent him a number of uh, letters. I'd called him a few times. It just never seemed to produce any fruit of him coming back to church. So I finally decided to go visit him. And we sat down and had a nice conversation. And he told me that the reason he had a hard time going to church was because he worked in the trades, and a lot of the men that were, in, were contractors in the congregation, he worked with them. And it bothered them how, how they were so religious on Sunday mornings, but not that way when they were on the work site. And he mentioned this hypocrisy and how this really disturbed him. It was hard for me to point out to him that in our half-hour conversation about this, he took the Lord's name four times in vain. And uh, I said to him, you know, we all have temptations to be hypocritical, and I do too, and we need more hypocrites in church. Please come back, and I'd love to have you come back. He did actually come back. There is a strong temptation in us to, to be able to so clearly examine all the wickedness in other people, but kind of fail to see it oftentimes in ourselves. Whenever we, whenever we fall into the trap of sinful judging that Jesus is addressing here, uh, that the temptation in us is to, is to kind of puff ourselves up. Uh, when we might be making comments to others about someone and, and how wicked and evil they are, uh, the real motive that's down in our heart is often to make ourselves look better. Or maybe somehow by pushing them down in the eyes of someone, that somehow that raises us up. And if, if not in front of other people, at, at least maybe in front of God, that, that somehow judging others in this way would make us look so much better. So it's easy for me to take the spotlight of God's law and turn it sharply on somebody else's sin and to spend time letting it glare down on that sin but easily forget to bring it back to myself, sometimes, sometimes regarding the very same sin. 
<clears throat> even, even heathen people who aren't believers in Christ at all recognize this. There's an old pagan poet that wrote this. Every person carries a pouch on his shoulder. In the front part, he packs the shortcomings of his neighbor. And in the other pouch on the back that he does not see, he places his own. In other words, that's where we, we put our sins so that we don't have to deal with looking at them. But boy, we can tell you about others. And this is especially a temptation for Christians. Because by the work of the Holy Spirit creating faith in our hearts, there's now a love for Christ, a love for his word, a desire to want to obey the commandments of God. And probably outwardly, at least, for the most part, we at least appear to others as doing a pretty good job with that. And our life of sanctification is something that is, uh, that is even seen by people in the world and in our families and so on. But it's, it's easy for Satan to come to me and tempt me to, to look at that outward piety and goodness and to, to get me to start kind of relying on that and to start thinking, I'm sure glad I'm not like all these other people that are out there in the world. Luther said it so simply, before looking at others, turn and look in the mirror, really examine ourselves in the mirror. Our Lord Jesus here would have us remember that our status with God is always due to his mercy toward us. It has nothing to do with any goodness in us. It has nothing to do with what a great person you are, what a fantastic Christian you are, how well you have managed to follow the commandments and all the things you maybe do for the church. It has nothing to do with that. Our status with God is entirely, totally based on his compassionate mercy toward us through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. And as believers in Christ, we have been drenched with that mercy. We have just been covered with that beautiful mercy from God. The Greek word for mercy, by the way, or for the word pity, to have pity on someone, which is kind of that same concept. The Greek word for that oiktos, they believe comes from uh, the surprise you have when you see somebody in need. Like if you saw a little child that was like hurt or suffering and, and on the side of the road and you went, oh, and they think that's where the word for pity comes from in the Greek language, oiktos, that it's, it's almost like a, a gut response inside. That's how God, our Heavenly Father, has, has looked at you and me in our sinful condition with, with graves in our future, and he's looked upon us and and just had this response of pity and compassion to send his son into the world to, to be our savior. Think of the story of the prodigal son that Jesus tells and how this, this son in his wickedness goes off and just blows his inheritance and all this evil stuff in the world and finally comes kind of crawling back to his father in humility. And I love how Jesus has the father depicted there. He rushes out and he falls on him, it says. That means he just can't help but hug him. He's so glad to have him come back. And he just has this tender-hearted mercy toward him. What a picture that is of how God treated you, how he's treated me. With all the things that we've done wrong that could have kept us out of heaven, but that's not what he wanted for you. He, he chose instead to come and just fall on you with his grace, to just fall on you with his compassion and mercy through the work of Jesus Christ. What a, what a beautiful, precious thing this is. And, and Jesus now says, in the same way that your father has had mercy on you, that's how I want you to be to others, 
to have that same compassionate, merciful heart toward other people as well, just as your Father is merciful. Notice he doesn't say, just as the Almighty God is merciful. He says, your Father. He draws attention to the, the tender relationship you have with him through Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, your Dad in heaven. And he draws upon that as to how he would have us reflect on that, as to how we treat others. Back when I was in seminary, there was a very interesting story one night on 60 Minutes. And there was a, a woman whose 14-year-old son had been accidentally shot be, uh, out in Los Angeles because of a drug deal that had taken place out in their neighborhood. And this young boy had been killed by a stray bullet. And the man who shot her son was put in prison and sent away for many years. And she was a, a devout Christian woman and she went to the prison and decided to take her time every week to go teach this young man how to read so that when he got out of prison someday he could have a fulfilling life. And they were so impressed by this, they were asking her, you know, why in the world would you do this? It's such a such tremendous forgiveness and mercy to show to the man that killed your son. And uh, she very clearly connected it all back to her Christian faith. Such a beautiful fruit of faith. God would have us express humility toward the reputation of others as well when we speak about them. I think about King David. Think of all the sins that we know that he fell into that are displayed so openly for us in scripture. It's hard not to imagine King David from that point on when he would hear of somebody doing something wrong, not reflecting back on his own condition and how God had been so merciful and gracious to him. Or I think about Peter who, who blatantly denied that he had anything to do with Christ outside at the fireplace uh, as Jesus was put on trial. And then later Jesus receives him back so tenderly can you imagine Peter dealing with somebody in a counseling session, maybe as a pastor someday, and kind of re remembering all of this and how his Savior had treated him so kindly? St. Augustine said, The humble soul is the couch where Christ likes to sit. That's a great line. The humble soul is the couch where Christ likes to sit. And Jesus uses this little illustration of someone with a speck of dust in their eye. And notice in this, this little parable, he doesn't tell us to, uh, to, to leave our brother alone and not to go talk to him about his sin. But he says, first of all, remove the speck in your own eye. And then you can see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. And what he's implying there is that any time we go about judging someone, and we need to do that. We need to, we need to help people with things that they struggle with. People have helped me in my life with that too. And when we go about doing that, to do it in a sense of humility, to do it with a remembrance of our own many weaknesses that God has so graciously forgiven us for and wrapped us in the holiness of his son so that we could go to heaven someday. My mom, my mom was really good at this. She was so good at, boy, she could point out sin like unbelievable. <laughs> she could really, she knew the law and could point it out to me. And at the same time, she could do it with such a compassionate, humble heart, knowing her own sins and weaknesses, which I rarely saw, to be honest with you. 
but she had a spirit of humility about her that really reflected that, that she was a recipient of that great mercy of God. So may God stir up our hearts to, to remember how gracious and forgiving he has been toward us and to have that same mind and attitude of our Savior, that wonderful love that's going to take us someday right through the gates of heaven. Amen.